Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Rick Johns. And I'm Will Johns. It's good to be with you today. And Rick, I had a great experience this morning. I woke up excited to go to work. Wow. I just was ready to face the day. Actually woke up early thinking about uh, some of the stuff that I wanted to get done today and realized that I'm probably one of the few, based on all of the the polls that I've read, it seems like about 90% of people in this country do not enjoy their job. Yeah, jobs got a bad rap here in America. (laughs) People, everywhere I go, people seem very stressed and seems like we kind of have this vision, Will, that uh, if you're not working, that's the good life. Yeah. And I think we need to talk about some reasons why work may not be exciting for you. And we want to help you as we're doing our summertime fitness. How can you get more excited or at least more at peace with your job, with your work, and just up the level so that it's, you know, especially if you have a bad job or you're having kind of a stressful, bad experience. We want this podcast just to give you some tools and resources and things to think about so you could enjoy your job more. Yeah, so today we're talking about professional fitness. As we continue our summer fitness series, last week we talked about emotional fitness. And I think a lot of the the things we've talked about in the last two episodes really apply very well to professional fitness. Yeah. So it seemed like this would be a natural next topic And then today's uh, topic also ties in well to what we'll be talking about in our next episode where we get into financial fitness. And I think you'll see as you listen to all of them how they all relate to each other. They're all intertwined. And so I think it's really important uh, to identify, you know, what what are the things that make it hard to go to work and what can we do to make it better? Exactly. And Will, the first thing that kind of occurs to me on that note is I think one of the things that can get discouraging about work is it's just never done. Mm. (laughs) And some of us are in some jobs with some long hours and grueling pace, and the boss always seems to want more. The company always wants to seem, you know, wants more. And the more you give, the more they take. And it just can get really discouraging well, and, and what happens when, if you're in a job like that is you could feel like a failure, even though you're doing really good work, it just feels like it's not enough. Yeah. You didn't do enough. And, and the other thing that I've noticed, I've, I've heard a lot of people share this with me who are working as nurses and, and some of the other jobs in the medical field, they feel like they can't do their job at the level of care that they would like. Right. They're given so many patients that they're rushing in and they're rushing out to the next one and they're worried that they're going to make a mistake and really harm somebody. Yeah. And the whole point, the whole reason they went in to the medical field in the first place was to help people, to heal people. Mm -hmm. And now they're being asked to do the job in a way that they feel is putting the people they're trying to help in danger. Exactly, Will. And they're a good example of one of those professions where there is shortages 
And I hear that from a lot of people at work these days. There are shortages. We don't have enough. I'm doing two people's job. I'm doing three pe people's jobs. And that's really stressful. And you don't like waking up in the morning going, oh, I got to go and do three, three people's worth of jobs today. Yeah. But I think, you know, just to say something right off the bat, if you're in a job that is like this, you're going to need to change how you talk to yourself about it. Yeah. And, and somehow you're going to have to be okay with just doing your best within wise limits. Yeah. Set your limits, set your boundaries, do your best, let the chips fall where they may, and sleep peacefully at night without beating yourself up because you were handed an impossible task. Exactly. And I do feel bad. I feel like some very conscientious people get kind of sucked into this, vorecast, uh, <laughs> into this vortex and they are abused, if you will, by their employer because of their conscientiousness and they want to pitch in and they don't feel they can leave or set boundaries because there's not enough help and there's, there's too much to do. And we just want you, if you feel like you're in that situation, you just stop and kind of pause and reflect and say, wait a minute. I can only do what one person can do. God has only given me so much time, energy, strength, and there's a limit to that. And if I'm going over the limit, I can't sustain that. So I'm going to have to have a tough conversation with my boss, or eventually we, we will probably mention this podcast. There are times to leave a job and to look for something that can keep your life in balance. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Rick, because um, no job is permanent. No job is forever. And, and so there are times when we analyze the situation we're in and find that our best option is to take another option. Yeah. And Will, that kind of leads me into another thing that I think can be a real detriment to enjoying a job. And that is when you have conflict at work or you mm. don't get along with your fellow employees. And I actually have a story that's kind of the reverse of this. I remember when I was working at seminary, getting my master's degree, I got a little job at the local grocery store called Apple Valley there by Andrews. And I was really enjoying that job. It, it paid horribly, but I loved that job. And there was one reason and one reason only that I loved the job. And it was, I loved the people I worked with. Yeah. Just made it fun. Yep. And suddenly the pay didn't matter as much. Some of the other weird things I was doing that normally I wouldn't enjoy, I just enjoyed because of the people I worked with. And so, of course, the reverse of that is true. If you don't like the people you work with, then it really doesn't matter how much they're paying you, how great the job is. It can just be a nightmare. Yeah, and, and we could get to the point, Rick, where we have what I would call work enemies. And this is just the person that you really, really don't like you know, that you maybe even hate at some level because your interactions with that person are always negative. And that's just a vicious cycle that you could fall into. Yeah. Because once you have a series of negative interactions with someone, then you start expecting it. And once they know that you don't like them, they start reacting to you yeah. and your dislike. And uh, it can really be a killer uh, for any job that you might have. 
But if you do love comic books and Marvel movies and things, it is a chance to get an arch nemesis, which not all of us, not all of us achieve in our lives. So there, there's one way you can spin it. And both of you can be fighting for, of course, they're on the dark side and you're on the right side. Um, well, and Rick, I think, I think what this one takes, you know, just again, short answer here, there's more that could go into it. But I think it just takes a deliberate plan to say, how am I going to get along with this person? And we have to own our part of the equation. Yes. Uh, there, there's an old saying that says, keep your side of the street clean. Yes. And, and the point of that is, I've got to focus on me. The other person may be completely unreasonable. They might be completely irrational. They might be mean-spirited. They yeah. might be intentionally trying to poke me and press my buttons. All of that may be true, but I have to own my behavior. What am I contributing to the conflict? How do I help it go well rather than try to punish yeah. this person when it goes wrong? And Will, I'm really happy to hear you feel that way because that will help us as we do this podcast, the more you own your own stuff and uh, do your part will be very helpful. You know, Will, another, another way that I think work becomes a real drain on us is when we feel like it's meaningless. Mm. And I do want to just put a caveat. I do think as we mature and we've worked, you know, for 10, 20 years it does start to kind of hit us that, wow, we've done so much and worked so hard. And what was it all for? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there is a natural kind of introspection. That's good. I think when we hit our thirties and forties, where we just reflect on our life and we want something with meaning and purpose. And I just put that in there because sometimes it's more about the stage in life than you're at, than the meaninglessness of the job. Because every job has some aspect that probably you could point out is a little pointless or meaningless. But part of the point of a job is you get some money and you can pay bills and you can pay rent and mortgage and and food and take care of a family and things. So I don't think you have to have a job with 110% meaning as some people kind of had that fantasy. Yeah, and I've got a story on this, Rick, where... Also, during seminary time, I got a job as a golf caddy. Back then, I could make about $50 around, which was big money for me. Mm. Um, because at my other job, I think I was making $6 an hour. <laughs> yes, that was my Apple Valley job. Yeah, so uh, I got this job, and it was at a, this club there in Michigan where, where guys would fly in on their helicopters from Chicago. And the golf club cost... $50,000 for a membership mm. uh, back then. That was 20 years ago. I'm sure it's more now. Yeah. And so, you know, these are very, very wealthy individuals. And I'm the caddy, and, and I'm not real experienced at that. I played a lot of golf, but it wasn't always the best as a caddy. And I probably lasted three months on that job before I finally quit because I felt like I was treated about at the same level as the golf cart. <laughs> it's like, if I did the best job possible, it was like I wasn't there. Mm. That was really the goal. Mm. And for me, for whatever reason, it was very dehumanizing. Yeah. I just felt like, man, I mean, some of the guys were really nice and, you know, you could tell there was some genuine 
interest there. They'd ask me a question or two or whatnot. And it wasn't like I wanted a long conversation with anybody. But for some of them, it was really like I didn't exist. Wow. And, and it was, except when I made a mistake. Then yeah. I, then I got cussed out pretty good. And, yeah. um, and so it was just, just a tough, tough um, job. But it felt meaningless. Yeah. You know, the money was good, but it was like, I just don't feel like I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then a third reason that I think, or a fourth reason I think that we can really struggle with our job is if we're in something that has just become boring. Mm. (laughs) I think all of us would love to use our talents, our skills, our abilities to feel like we're able to do something, create something, help with something, contribute to something. And sometimes we just get stuck in jobs that really underutilize our talents and abilities. And then it's just who wants to go to this job because I'm just bored. It's like this, Rick. I know I can do it, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. (laughs) It's almost too easy. And I think we can fall into boredom when we're not really feeling challenged by the job anymore right it's too predictable it's too easy i could do it with my eyes closed and my hands behind my back and that that really is a setup for boredom because i think most of us need to be stretched just a little bit we do to make work more interesting and engaging i think that's true of all of life that's just a principle of life one of the things that's a misconception in american culture is if it's easy easier, it's better. If I don't have to do as much, that's better. And we're not actually as happy. I think we're happiest when we're challenged, when we're being pushed a little, when we're trying to do something a little harder or bigger or better than we think we're capable or that we've never tried or done before. It goes back to our physical fitness episode where you were talking about the Spartan races. Yes. You know, why do people sign up for that? Because they're bored. Yeah. And this is going to challenge them a- absolutely. big time. <laughs> and I think that's a quick principle before we get into other solutions. A quick principle for all of this is no matter what your job is, you still can be responsible for your time off of work to be healthy, to be fit, to take time for self-care, soul care, things that you can do to help, even if your job is terrible, And if your job is terrible and is stressful, then you'd need to take even more time away from work for yourself to replenish. So just don't think that your job is your whole life. It's not. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's so true, Rick, where also it is in the time that we're not working and we practice good, healthy self-care, which includes physical fitness that we talked about and mental and emotional fitness, which we've talked about so far, when we do that, we actually build up our resilience and our energy in order to find that next job and get yeah. out of a bad situation. Yep. But if we practice lousy self-care when we're in a terrible job, we may end up stuck in it for years. True. True. You know, some people will work an awful job and then come home and try to drink away yeah. uh, their sorrows and their pain. Yeah. And end up in a, in a brutal spiral downward. Yeah. If your time out of work is negative and destructive and not healthy, <laughs> then it's only going to feed into this bad work situation. 
And you're right, Will, you get caught in a real loop there that can really put you in a place in life that you hate. And you hate your life, you hate what's happening, and you feel very stuck. But your point is right on, Rick. We start with our time outside of work. Yes. that's what we have the most control over. We start fixing that, and then eventually the job will fix itself. But let's say we're going to assume today that the majority of you have a job that maybe you don't love it, but you don't hate it either. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of in the middle between yeah. the two extremes. I heard this story several years ago, and it's stuck in my mind uh, really ever since. And uh, I think it was Parker Palmer who wrote this story, and he has some excellent books about vocation and work and, and all of that. But he, he went to this camp. Um, one of the activities was for him to rappel down like an 80-foot cliff, and he was to uh, rappel down on his own. And he started down the cliff, and he got about 20 feet down, and he made the mistake of looking down at the ground. And then his fear kicked in, took him over. He was paralyzed with fear. And the person, his coach below, was, was yelling up at him to try to encourage him. And he, he just kept saying, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. I'm <laughs> stuck. I'm stuck. And, and finally, his coach yelled up, if you can't get out of it, get into it. And for whatever reason, that phrase like freed his mind Hmm. and he just started focusing on what he had to do. And next thing he knew, he was on the ground having rappelled down that cliff. Love it. But I think that phrase is so helpful when it comes to professional fitness. Yeah. If you are not actively looking for another job, or even if you are, whatever your current job is, if you can't get out of it, Get into it. Yes. Um, try to put more into it. Find ways to make it better. Don't just try to cruise through it. That's probably the worst way you could approach it. And Will, as, as pastors and coming from a spiritual worldview, I think you can look at this world and this life and our jobs as opportunities to learn and to grow. Mm-hmm. And so it's not always about just getting out of something because it's uncomfortable. Maybe God has you there for a reason. And I know there's been several times in my jobs where I've been in churches and I've just thought, okay, I'm done. I want out. This, these people don't get it. I'm not doing any good here. I want out. And almost every time God, I feel, has kind of impressed me. Nope, get into it. Nope, mm. there's something here mm. for you, Rick. And when I've gotten into it, that's when through that, I've gotten opportunities to, to do something else or be somewhere else. Yes. And em- embrace your current job as a challenge as, and, and say to yourself, I am going to grow into a better person because of the challenges I have at this job. Yeah. Come to work with that attitude. Because really, what's most important, we'll get into this in our, in our final episode on, on spiritual fitness, but what's most important is who you're becoming as yeah. a person. Yeah. It's not what you accomplish. So if the job feels unsatisfactory because you're not accomplishing that much, don't worry about that. Who are you becoming? Yeah. And you can always work on that. Every single day, no matter what your job is, you can become a better version of yourself in that job. And that, that's, mm, that's mm. what I think when I think of getting into it. Wow. 
I think somebody needs to write that down. It's who you're becoming, not what you're doing. That is just such a huge life lesson and a huge lesson for us with our jobs. Because so often we get caught up in what we're doing, what we're getting paid, and all of that. And those are kind of ego things that can trip us up. And actually, they, they take away our happiness. They steal our happiness when we get all caught up in what we're getting. Well, and, and Rick, it goes back to your story. And I've had the same thing happen to me where you said there was still something left to learn yeah. in, your, in your old job. And when you finally learned it and grew in that area of your life, then a new opportunity opened up for you. Yeah. And, and I think that's so true because sometimes we may need to ask ourselves the question, would my dream job want to hire me? Right. Like, am I the kind of person that, that my dream job is currently looking for? And if not, then I need to focus on who I'm becoming right now in my current job. And then very often, I will see the next door open for me. And when you're looking for that next door, I just want to throw this piece of advice in because I think there may be someone listening who it is time. Just be intentional about it. Talk to a good friend. Approach it with some wisdom and some strategy. And then kind of figure out a plan for what's next. I just encourage you to take some thoughtful time around it and don't make it a knee-jerk decision. And, and here's another principle that served me so well, Rick. A good friend of mine, I'll give a shout out to him. His name's John. He gave me this advice when I was a young pastor. And he said, you know, when I consider my next job, I'm always trying to move closer to who I am, mm. not climbing the ladder. I'm not trying to climb the ladder. I love it. I'm trying to move closer to a better fit for who I am. And so instead of thinking of climbing the ladder and getting more money and getting that promotion, ask yourself, does this job fit my basic skill set, who I am as a person better than my current job? If so, that's a, that's a good place to be looking. That's perfect, Will. Well, let's just finish this episode with a few practical little things you could do if you feel like you're at the right job at the right time, may not be your favorite, how can you enjoy it a little more, find a little more satisfaction? And the first thing I think is just challenge yourself. How do I make this job something fun for me or something meaningful to me or something that I use a few more of my skills or bring a little bit more to it? Yeah, and some of the principles we talked about last week in emotional fitness can be easily practiced in the work environment. Yeah. You know, I, I need to practice listening to others better to understand them first and then share my opinion after that. Or I need to, to um, practice challenging my own thoughts better. Yes. You know, when I'm going into negativity and judging other people harshly in some way. Absolutely. So yeah, there's there's all kinds of ways to challenge yourself. But I would also add to that, Rick, that we need to figure out a way to make it fun mm. in some way. And to me, one of the things I love about a good work environment is the atmosphere. Right. You can kind of feel it in the air when people are have a good sense of humor, when they they smile at each other, when you know there's just some some positivity in the atmosphere. Yes. And you can't control that fully at work, but you can add to it 
and you can help add an atmosphere of fun. You can also look for opportunities to continue your education. In almost every career, there are opportunities to advance your education, your knowledge, your skills. There's maybe certifications you can take or other classes or another degree. Those are ways you, you might have been toying with that and thought, yeah, but I just don't have the time. I remember Dallas Willard had this great quote, especially to people who are older and are struggling saying, well, it's too late for me. You know, I didn't get the master's degree, but, you know, I'm too old now. And Dallas just said, well, the two years or the five years or however long this degree is going to take are going to go by anyway. Do you want to have the degree at the end of those years or not? (laughs) And it's a great question. So maybe that's something that can uh, bring a little more meaning to your job. Yeah, Rick, I know you probably felt this way too when, when you were working on your doctorate. But for me, that was a very exciting time in ministry. It was challenging, but I felt like I was growing and it really helped me stay more engaged in my job by, uh, by plugging into that continuing education opportunity. Yes, that I have. for sure. But something else too, and this one maybe applies to kind of the overwhelmed feeling, is be willing to ask for help. Yes. Don't don't try to be John Wayne, you know, the Lone <laughs> Ranger, where you're too tough, you know, to need anyone's help. Yeah. Speaking to mostly you men out there that have that, <laughs> you know, kind of male yeah. uh, image in your head that the tough guy that never needs help. Yep. Um, we all need help. And, and if we're willing to ask for it, uh, the job can go much better. And, uh, and this is kind of where we'll bring it to a close today. But you can say, I get to do this instead of, oh, I have to do this. Yeah. Wake up in the morning and say, I get to do this. I get to run this obstacle course. It's going to be tough, <laughs> but I get to do it. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow from it. I plan to be a better person by the time I get home today. Yeah. You know, that's possible. Like we learned in in the last episode, we can question our negative thoughts. Yes. And be grateful for what really is good about the job. Yes. Uh, if nothing else, be grateful for the paycheck. Yes. Because when we talk about financial fitness next week, there is no possible way to be financially fit without income of some <laughs> sort. <laughs> we all have expenses. Yeah. If you don't have income, you're in real trouble. So be yeah. grateful for that paycheck that you get. And Will, it's like anything else. Sometimes it's not until you lose a job that you realize, oh, wait, it really is a gift. It really is a mm. blessing to have a job. And just ask anyone who's searching for a job or who's lost a job for a while. That's a very stressful time. It shifts to where, man, I, I wish I had something to do. I wish I had a little pressure and stress and some deadlines and some things that I could work on with other people. So I love what you said, changing that mindset. I get to do this. Absolutely. And part of the reason why your job may not feel all that meaningful is because you don't have a financial narrative yet. Mm. And we're going to talk about that next week because when you have a plan for your money, yes. then the income you bring in from work suddenly has far, far, far more meaning for yep. your life. And so we're going to try to, to connect all of this. And that's that's what I love about this summer fitness series that we're doing, Rick, 
is that every single topic plays off of all the other topics. Yep. They, they all work together to help us just live a, at a higher level. Absolutely, Will. So thank you for sharing that. That's a great note to end on. We look forward to being with you next week when we talk about financial fitness. And that is a key one for the health and happiness of your life and your family. So I hope you'll tune in next week. But until then, you've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Will Johns and Dr. Rick Johns. We look forward to being with you next time.